Amen. I am privileged to stand this morning. Truly, I am these times, this hour, and I do consider this to be more of a prophetic word for these times. As I said in the opening, I wrestled with whether or not I wasn't scheduled to preach. In many ways, I was reluctant to preach all week because I was too angry. And I'll be transparent. I wanted to preach without cursing, without cussing, uh, because I've cussed all week. Yeah, that, I'm the preacher that's saying that. Yes, I've cussed all week. I have cried. I have hurt. Um, I have looked to God and said, why so much? I've gone through every, all of it. And I just wanted to share that with you. So many of us are trying to keep our composure, but sometimes you just have to let go. Bear witness to what you're feeling. But I stand here this morning with a word. I continue to ask that you pray that I can get it out. I want to look at Daniel, the 10th chapter, the 10th chapter of Daniel. This is the word that God has given me and shared with me, this scripture, this passage. I'm not going to read the entire chapter, but uh, please understand that I do preach. The context from which I preach is based upon uh, the entire chapter. I'll try to paraphrase some of it. But beginning with verse 15, it says, while he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face toward the ground and was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips and opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord. I feel very weak. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord. My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. Anybody felt like that this week? I said that this was a prophetic word. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Mm. Do not be afraid. You, who are highly esteemed, he said, peace, be strong now, be strong. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but I just say to every person, every person of color, every black person, everybody that sympathizes with what we're going through, do not be afraid. I hear the word of God. Do not be afraid. You are highly esteemed. Peace and be strong. Yeah. When he had spoken to me, I was strengthened and said, speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. May the Lord add a blessing to the reader and hearers of this written word. 
this is the final vision that has been given to Daniel, which comes in uh, after the exile. The exiles had returned from Babylon and began rebuilding the temple. And Israel's captivity has ended. Jerusalem was being reoccupied and the nation seemed to be at peace. And yet Daniel is given this vision. Daniel is given a vision that there is more to come. And understanding the significance of that more, that the war was not over, things were not done, that the peace that they were experiencing was really not fully peace. So God was revealing to Daniel that there were many more conflicts to come. So Daniel fasted for three weeks. Finally, after three weeks of fasting, Daniel is visited by a messenger. And that's where we find Daniel in this text. The messenger is trying to encourage Daniel to not be afraid. Daniel had been waiting for a response, but that response had been delayed. It had been delayed because what Daniel didn't understand that this messenger begins to reveal to Daniel is that not only is there a war physically that is uh, that he can anticipate, but the delay was because there was a spiritual war taking place. Please allow me to submit that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but principalities in high places, that this is also a spiritual war that's taken place. So Daniel, after learning all of this, that there is more to come, Daniel becomes weak. But hearing the news, Daniel becomes angry because Daniel thinks that, look, we've been in exile. You mean to tell me that there's something else that's coming? Daniel becomes weakened to the point where the text shares with us that Daniel can't breathe. And I don't know about you, but that's how I felt all week weakened and angry to the point to where I could not breathe. That knee on George Floyd's neck was a knee on all black people. We can't breathe. But like Daniel in this text, or like this text, the angelic being that touches Daniel in his weakness and gives him strength. We believe that God still is capable of giving us strength in our times of weakness. Please understand, we may be weak today, 
but God has always given us strength. And allow me to speak to those that really want to take us out and assassinate us. You cannot kill us. Let me say this. We will not go away. We will not go away. We will not quit. We may be upset, but we are not done. We are ready for whatever comes our way. We can breathe, but allow me to share this with you. We may not be able to breathe, but we still have breath. That what is left is enough to overcome. We've never had a whole lot, but that which still resides within us, the breath that we still have in us, maybe we can't breathe right now, but we still have breath. And it's that same kind of breath that got us through slavery. It's that same kind of breath that got us through Jim Crow. What's left is still enough breath. It was that same kind of breath that got us through the civil rights movement. What is left is still enough to overcome the hate in this 21st century. We can't breathe, but we still have breath. Didn't take us out before, and I stand here this morning to let you know and place you on notice and you won't take us out today. We still have breath, breath to change the viciousness and the corrupt nature of a system that constantly oppresses people. Look, 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 let me make it plain. Racism might always be amongst us in a small minority of people, but we can change the institutional race nature of racism that is seen in banking, that is seen in police departments, that is seen in judicial systems, and it is seen in governments. Uh, we can change those racial, systematic racial issues that are found in city developments where white contractors are always picked over black contractors. The institutional racism must be changed. I'm not saying that I can change every racist person, but we can change the effects of institutional racism. It's time that we bring to light what needs to be brought to light. It's time for us to stand up for justice. No more discriminating practices that are justified because you say you can't find a qualified black person. There's no reason for companies and organizations around here, the same places where we do business and it's all white and there's no people of color on your staff. We can change some things. Then ask, we have those situations. Give me a minute, y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep my composure. 
There are far too many businesses that want black patrons, but don't hire black people. Stop allowing your racist managers and supervisors to lie to you and say they can't find someone qualified. Hold them accountable. Hold yourself accountable. We can't breathe, but we still have breath. Too many lives have been taken, but we won't quit. Look, I'm not preaching to racist people because you, you are who you are. <laughs> you prove that over and over again. Your hate, you hate and you will always be a jackass. And I ain't saying a curse word that's not in the Bible. You hate and you will always be a jackass. So I'm not preaching to you. You teach these principles to your children and generations. You teach hate and you develop children and their children of jackasses. That's who you are. I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to every Christian who says they're not racist. That's who I'm preaching to. I speak to those who say they are not, but do nothing about it. <laughs> to those who vote for racist people, but claim they're not racist. How can you vote and support a racist and not be racist. To those that benefit from the privilege of being white, but not hearing the cry of those that don't have the privilege of running in their own neighborhood with, or bird watching in the park or eating in any given restaurant or walking in the retail store without being followed. I'm preaching to those who have the privileges who say that they're not racist, but somehow sympathize with what we're going through. The time has come and we need you to not be a spectator. Black people wearing Black Lives Matter t-shirts in many ways doesn't matter. We can constantly wear Black Lives Matter t-shirts. We've done that. <laughs> And look at where we are. What matters is when a white person puts on a Black Lives Matters t-shirt. We need you who say that you don't agree with all of what's going on. We need you to adorn a Black Lives Matters t-shirt. We need you because there is a real minority in this country that desecrates the principles 
of God's creation where all are created in his image. They are the ones who have come to this land and have abused the native people of this land. They are the ones of origins from foreign places and like Hitler who are sadistic and trying to claim and control a people and a nation where history shows they are not even of origin from this place. These are the real enemies of freedom. They are the true terrorists. They desecrate the Pledge of Allegiance in their actions. They desecrate the flag in their conduct. They are the minority and the real threat to liberty. They hang their flags of tyranny from their trucks and on their homes and then try to defend the American flag. You can't hold onto the Confederate flag and embrace the American flag at the same time. That's tyranny. That ought to be a terrorist threat. We want to claim terrorists over everything else, but what about the terrorists who fly their flag in the face of the American flag? Look, we have a moral and spiritual civil war right now. Let me say that again. We have a moral and spiritual civil war right now. And none of us can sit in the silos of our life and do nothing. It is a time to engage. Our country can't breathe. They placed their knee on George Floyd's neck. That they placed the knee on the values of what this country ought to be about. They are trying to kill all of the goodness and the spiritual values of what God created in, 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 in terms of not just America, but the foundations of all his creation. We simply say, we can't breathe. The world is watching this great country struggle with life. We've placed enormous amount of money in military defense. And the whole time, our greatest enemy has always been within this country. Don't miss that. <laughs> we, we've put billions and billions of dollars into military defense, worried about those on the outside but what's really killing us are the people on the inside of this country. We are an oppressed country. We simply say we can't breathe. We are fallen to the depths of allowing unacceptable behavior to lead this country. Let me say, see, I may get cut off right here because last week when I, when I started bringing up President Trump's name, I got cut off. So I'm just going to put it out there right now that I may get cut off at this point. But for me, 
The real thug, thugs are not in the streets. The real thugs are not people who are re revolting right now. It's amazing how they get labeled, but when we think about what happened at the Boston Tea Party and so many historically, so many other events, they weren't called thugs. They weren't looked at negatively. Why are we being looked at that way? Real thugs are not on the streets. Real thugs are in the White House and in comfortable seats. Leadership that has incited division in this country. Leadership that only cares about appearances but not about its people. That's thuggish behavior. Thuggish behavior is when you decide that you want to put an assassination hit on Hillary Clinton. That's thuggish behavior. Thuggish behavior is when you look at Mexican people and you begin to look at them talking about the only thing they want to do. They all of them are just bringing drugs and blaming crime and calling them rapists. You, that's thuggish behavior. Thuggish behavior is when you decide that you want to stand behind an alleged predator. That's thuggish behavior. Sexual predator. That's thuggish behavior. Thuggish behavior is when you look at the outright and they come up on the Capitol with assault rifles and you call them good people. That's thuggish behavior. Thuggish behavior is demonstrated from the White House, from our leadership, to a point to where we have no, no moral compass. And I believe that everybody that stands for good, that does possess some type of moral compass, must stand up everywhere and declare that this is unacceptable behavior. We must condemn hate in all its forms. It's time for a revolution of righteousness. Like Jesus in the Gospels, it's time for us to turn over the tables of what is wrong in the sanctuary of this country. <laughs> and preserve the sacredness of all human life. To enter the sanctuary and turn over the tables of what's wrong. Allow me to make it plain, Jesus was bothered because what they were doing, they were doing in sacred space. And we have a den of thieves that is trying to control the sacred space of how we live. The freedom to jog in a neighborhood and not be killed is a sacred space. It ought to be a sanctuary to have the freedom to run on God's creation. To bird watch in a park is a sacred space. If black people, allow me to say this, if black people are robbed of their humanity, then you, it won't be long 
before others are robbed of theirs. At some point, if we allow the trend of what's been taking place to continue, at some point, the next step will be at your doors because at that point, they'll be saying you ain't white enough. See, a spirit of oppression will look at other people and still want to oppress. And what I'm trying to say to you this morning is that our battle is your battle. So we need white people everywhere to stand up, to rise up and turn over the tables of systematic racism and remove the den of thieves that are trying to rob this country of its freedom. They are not defenders of freedom. They are thugs of oppression. They want to rob us of democracy. They want to rob us of inalienable rights. The rights that have been given to us by God and should not be taken away by man. Rise up and turn over the tables and clear out the den of thieves that don't belong here. It's time to turn over the tables of corruption. We can't breathe, but we still have breath. We can't breathe, but we still have breath. We have the breath to vote different. We have the breath to change policy. We have the breath to advocate for a different America. We have the breath to join the organizations that fight this battle. We have the breath to join the NAACP. We have the breath, somebody ought to say right now, I still have breath. I can't breathe, but I still have breath. And we stand up. And we rise up. And we breathe for George Floyd. We breathe for Arbery. We breathe for Garner. We breathe for Rice. We breathe for Bland. We breathe for Malcolm. We breathe for Martin. We breathe for Kennedy. We breathe. We still have breath. We still have breath. Doesn't take much. For the Bible declares faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. And God knows what to do with my little breath. And God has the power to touch us all and give us the strength. Although we are in this weak moment and we can't breathe right now, we still have breath to bring about the change that is necessary at this time. So somebody rise up right now and get ready, get ready, because God is laying his hands and giving us strength to go forth and the breath that we need to go forth and create the change that is needed for this day this time, this era, 
this is our time. And it's time for us to rise up. We breathe for every slave that's been killed, for every black person that's been hung, for every black person that's been killed by corrupt police officers. We breathe and we place the evil the ills of this world on notice. We breathe. And we stand up and we fight for what's right. Your time is up. May God bless you. And may God keep you. Come on, just with me right now. Inhale and exhale. Breathe. Breathe. For everything that should be that's not, breathe. Because we still have breath. For every hurt that you're feeling right now, breathe. For every injustice, breathe. For everything that's wrong in this country, breathe. We breathe.